And Steven Jackson, maybe you could put that motherfucking blunt out and pull your pants up on your ass and put that rag down and act like a grown ass man instead of a little ass boy. Becky with the good hair, go to counsel. And Gilbert, you already knew. I was quiet on you for years. I wasn't gonna say nothing. You you do you the right hand arm of uh, them white boys. You niggas is the worst nigga. You took food, you took down there, what did I get? Five uh three years, twenty-five with the Lakers. I was sliding to get 80, 88 because what Tyson got. Nigga, you took millions out my mouth, nigga, and you shout like you somebody, like you love black folks. You the whitest black boy I ever know. So y'all niggas miss me with all that, nigga. Miss me with all that, nigga. Whoever, whichever one of these white folks paying you niggas to come at me, this hill, you niggas better go find you something better to do. Becky with the good hair, you need counseling, boy. All that goddamn rage for no reason. She chose, nigga. She chose. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey, man, everybody want attention. Say Kwame Brown, bro. I love you to death, man. I don't want no smoke with you. But you can call Charles Oakland anybody. I'm with Oakland every day. He know that ain't true. You know that ain't true. I wish you the way, I wish you the best, little bro. Keep doing your thing, but we not gonna we not gonna put you on. You had your opportunity when you was the number one draft pick and laid the egg. So don't make this personal, bro. A million people talk about you, but you want to come at us because you know we hot, because you know we can put you back on. That ain't gonna work. Keep doing your thing. We're gonna do ours. I wish you much love, little bro. We don't want no smoke with you. Keep doing your thing. I'm in a different place. Trust me. But none of the stuff you said, you have no facts. I was busy this weekend uh, coaching, so I kind of missed the whole shit going on on the internet. Um, this kind of Kwame Brown shit. Um, I was confused because I never said nothing about dude, but <clears throat> obviously coming for us or coming for me or coming for who, coming for us, you know you're gonna get attention. I think that's all you were searching for, um, bro. You've been getting made fun of since you came in the league for not living up to expectations. Uh, people laugh and joke about you all the time. Me, I didn't do that. <laughs> never laugh, never joke, because I don't talk about people like that. <clears throat> so I asked my team, like, yo, what did I do? Did I miss something? I know I'd be high out here, so did I miss something? And they said, I tapped Jack's knee when something was said. So that's what got you mad. <clears throat> Me tapping somebody's knee. You need a hug, bro. Before all this shit even got moving around, once I heard you talking shit, I DM'd you like a man because I felt if something I really said, we could talk about it. But you chose to ignore that and take the shit to the internet. So, I mean, again, if you want to be mad at anybody, be mad at MJ for believing you and picking you number one. I didn't do that. I don't know you. I never talked about you. I tried to come to you like a man. You chose to go on the internet. So, it is what it is. Straight up, it is what it is. Good here. You go to your job. 
and you up there with Rachel Nichols. Hey, boo, I remember you. I remember you when I was a teenager. And I didn't want to speak to you either. And you did what them people told you to do too. And you wrote a negative article about a kid you didn't know a motherfucking thing about either. So, it would be, it's interesting that they go take you to work, take you in front of Rachel Nichols, a person where if you track her career, when she first started, it was in D.C. She first started, from what I know of, from what I know of her, she was interviewing me. And she got very, very disrespectful. And she changed words, I see. So she a snake, just like the guy she interviewed. So let's break it down. Matt Barnes, Becky with the good hair. Little weak-ass beta male. You want to sit there and pretend... The Commission, Uncle Paulie, Big Diddy, Cesar Leo, De Janeiro, Charlie Baltimore, Iceberg Slim, the most shady, Frankie Baby. We here. Do you know what beef is? Do you know what beef is? Uh uh. Ask yourself. Uh uh. Do you know what beef is? Ha 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 ha. Check out this bizarre. Rapper style used by me, the B.I.G. I put my key, you put your key in. Money will be singing, we'll reach the fucking ceiling. Check it, check it. My calico been top. Uh -huh. This rap, Alfred Hitchcock, drop top notch. Player hating won't stop. Uh, this instant, rappers too persistent. Quick to spit, biggie name on shit. Make my name taste like ass when you speak it. See me in the streets, your jewelry, you can keep it. That be our little secret, see me. Uh, B that is, I that is, G whiz. Motherfucker still in uh -huh. my bed. I hope they know my nigga got a fucking kidnap kids. Uh, fuck them in they ass, throw them over the bridge. That's how it is, my shit is laid out. What? Fuck that beef shit, that shit is played out. Y'all got the goal. All I make is one phone call. All y'all disappear by tomorrow. All your guns is borrowed. I don't feel sorrow. Actually, your man passed the gap to me. Now check this. What's beef? Beef is when you need two cats to go to sleep. Beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be in ICU. One more time. What's beef? Beef is when you make your enemies start your jeep. Beef is when you roll no less than 30 deep. I see you. Guaranteed to be your I see you. Check it. I, 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 I. Yo. I'm sorry that I had to come back so fast. I'm sorry that I am before you at this point. I was trying to get y'all to enjoy last night's joint, but this story is just too hot for me to just not say anything. But we got to get to this shit, man. <laughs> we gotta get to this shit, man. This is King on Uncensored. <laughs> she chose, nigga. <laughs> Bruh. So, Kwame Brown wants all the smoke with the cast of All the Smoke. So, it seems to me, from what I see from my vantage point, that Gilbert Arenas. Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes were throwing, you know, I don't think 
these were uppercuts. I don't think these were crosses. These were just probably just light pitter-pat jabs. You know, those little jabs thrown. I mean, Gilbert Arenas told a little bit of the truth. And I guess Matt Barnes was, you know, kikiing and laughing or whatever with Captain Jack. So, you know, about Kwame Brown. And allegedly, according to Kwame Brown, they had been talking about him on the last couple of episodes of All the Smoke because I think they had um, Jeannie Buss and then they had Gilbert Arenas. And his name was brought up. And as they say, you do not know a person until you know their story. And I would like to apologize to Kwame Brown ahead of time if I ever made fun of him on my previous shows. Because I've never heard him speak. He has said nothing. You know, this is a guy who has been the butt of jokes his entire career. But Kwame Brown has come out of the woodworks and stood up to guys that are perceived by the NBA as goons and bullies. And Kwame Brown basically got went live and told his life story. You know, he was a poor kid. He was homeless for a period of time. Couldn't afford clothes or shoes or no shit like that. Country boy. I think he's from GA, right? I can tell by the accent. But I did not know that Kwame Brown was cut like this. This nigga was talking big man, grown man, alpha male shit today, buddy. This nigga really called Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair, bro. Matt Barnes, you know, is known as one of the NBA's most elite goons. Steven Jackson ain't no bitch-ass nigga. Or so it seems. But Kwame Brown made some interesting points, though, about, you know, Steven Jackson's, um, you know, affiliation for with Black Lives Matter. And um, he feel, you know, he felt like Jack should be doing a lot more for the community instead of going live on all the smoke. And talking shit about black people all day. That's what they pay Stephen A. Smith to do. Which is very true. A lot of those people on ESPN and FS1. Do get paid to talk down on black people. And most of those people are black people. That's just a real. That's just the sadness. And the reality of things. But. This man said. That. Kwame Brown had to stop Charles Oakley from whooping Stephen A. Jack, Stephen Jackson's ass. This nigga Kwame Brown said that Matt Barnes had another man driving his car that he put gas in, and then he started singing R. Kelly when it, uh, 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 a woman's threat. Someone's gonna open your door. Someone's going to, you know what I'm saying? He started singing that, talking about, you know, Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher. And Kwame says that Matt Barnes exhibited beta male energy by going over there to whoop his ass. That's why Kwame Brown said, she chose, nigga. (laughs) I'm going to start using that, bro. Like, for real, I'm stealing that. I'm sorry, Kwame. 
But who the thunk it? Kwame Brown, the redemption. You feel me? Now, although he's been the butt of many jokes, this man still made 64 million career earnings. 64 million in career earnings and then had a what a 14 15 year career now in the beginning Kwame Brown allegedly was kind of tortured by Jordan but Kwame Brown also revealed something else that Michael Jordan did not want to select him I think the other person in power wanted to select Kwame Brown Michael Jordan wanted to draft Elton Brand which was a very good answer but they ended up drafting Kwame anyway without psychoanalyzing him or testing his game out. They just threw him to the wolves and had veterans push him around and try to punk him. But he would have to go to those veterans and say, hey, I'm a human being. Watch who you fucking with, nigga. You know, on some man shit. And then he also said that he brought up Kobe Bryant who he was also a teammate of you know Kobe was tough on Kwame and Smush Parker more Smush than uh, Kwame but he talked about like yeah I scored one point that game so what y'all gotta show y'all paid to, to see Kobe Bryant score and that was a very good point you see all those hard ass screens I was setting Kwame Brown was a guy that knew his role in the NBA he was not going to be this number one overall pick averaging 20 and 15. He was going to be a guy that gets you 10 and 10. Mind you that Kwame Brown did come out of high school. Was one of the first, was like one of the first cats of the millennium to come out of high school, by the way. A lot of pressure with Michael Jordan playing with Kobe and shit like that. Then he dealt with numerous injuries. And he would play on a lot of those injuries. And a lot of people gave him props, you know, but the, the media was looking at him and saying, oh, he should be better than that. Now, I've had my gripes with Andre Drummond. I felt the same way about Andre Drummond. But here's the thing, though. Drummond's a way better player than Kwame Brown. But the thing I like about Kwame Brown is I like his honesty. You know, Drummond's a goofball. You know what I'm saying? He would never channel this type of energy that Kwame Brown exhibits, you know? And, um, <laughs> bruh, his jet, like, this dude took a lot of energy, put a lot of energy into Matt Barnes' life. When I don't even think that, when I, from what I see, Matt Barnes really didn't say shit about him. That was mostly Gilbert Arenas and Steven Jackson. And the crazy part about Jack is, you know what I'm saying, he makes fun of Jack for trying to act like, trying to portray a fake thug image and then in the same breath be Black Lives Matter, then in the same breath channel thug life. And then in the same breath be a Muslim. You know, Kwame Brown is questioning, like, which one are you, nigga? Because he was his teammate in Charlotte for a few years, okay? So Kwame Brown definitely knows Steven Jackson. And, you know, he recalled times where, you know, he got into fights, 
You know, he recalled times where Steven Jackson would just act like a jackass. You know, things of that nature. Those were interesting points. Then, you know, Kwame Brown pulled the uh, mixed race card on Matt Barnes talking about, you know, not white enough for the whites, not black enough for the blacks. So there's this anger, anger and rage instilled in him from that. I mean, that could be partially true, but I, I am not sure. Matt Barnes is a guy that has calmed down over the years, believe me. But yeah, this man had his entire family taken from, taken from him by his fucking teammate, bro. I would not be mentally stable either. But Kwame, you know, pretty much outed Jackson and Barnes as simp-ass niggas when... They would portray themselves on all the smoke as, you know, guys that wouldn't buy a woman this or a woman that. Kwame was like, shut the fuck up, nigga. You will buy them bitches the world. <laughs> like, Kwame, motherfucking Brown, this nigga might be the MVP of the year right here. You thought Gorilla Glue Girl was. You thought J. Cole was. Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just saying, bruh. I'm just saying, bruh, real beef, real beef is back, baby, I know, I wish it was a little bit more closer with the current NBA players, you know, but this was just very entertaining, and to hear all sides of it, but I gotta give a lot of respect to Kwame Brown, because he said a lot of poignant shit, if you take all the beef out of the interview, he just wants to see just black people better themselves all around. And that's pretty much was that's what 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 the premise was of that because Kwame Brown was not doing anything. He didn't say nothing about nobody. He was just minding his own business. And then you got these three n- niggas on all the smoke, just making jokes, laughing and shit. You know, Kwame expects that out of a Stephen A. Smith. You know, he'll piece Stephen A. Smith ass up, real shit. That's why he never really responded to him because it's like, how some non-basketball playing motherfucker that was never fucking drafted, who tore his ACL in college, played for a small time college when Kwame Brown was recruited by college players, was the number one overall pick in 2001, had a 15 year career and made way more money than Stephen A. Smith. Why would I respond to a small fry? He responded to Stephen A. and Matt Barnes. I mean, Stephen, not Stephen, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes because they came in the game. They won championships. They made a lot of money. These are big dogs that he views as his equals. So that's why he responded to him. Now, let's move on to Joe Button. Oh, Button. Man, listen. There's a lot of people that kiss Joe Button ass but don't really know what type of nigga he really is. Joe Button is a snake. Who tries to portray himself as a as a good guy. And yes, he does exhibit good behavior time and time again. He is loyal to a fault. But when that other side of Button comes out, I really think that this man suffers from bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Because there's two different Buttons. Now, Rory and Mile have come out and spoke their piece on this situation. And there's a lot of contract issues. And there's a lot of bipolar behavior. And Maul was pretty much 
like had had enough. I could tell by his commentary that he was just pissed. And Rory and Mal don't think it's about the money. It's about respect. It's about manhood. And it's about being real. I mean, they were supposed to be boys. You know. And they were on this contract. You know, Joe Button wasn't their boss. So how the fuck you gonna fire Rory? And you're not the boss. I'm just saying, like, Rory and Miles came out there and made Joe Button look bad. I ain't gonna lie. And then, you know, Joe on his high horse wants to go out of his way and make them look like they was begging for money. When something should have been discussed once the podcast took took it to the next level. Because, I mean, to, I'm going to be honest with you. I never liked Roy and Mal. I always viewed them as corny and boring. That's just my personal opinion. That's why, you know, I, I only watched like a few episodes of the Joe Budden podcast. I don't even think Joe Budden's podcast is one of the best podcasts in the game to me. They're all right. They kind of mid, you know. They've had some classic episodes. I give them that. Especially the one with Pusha T. That was my favorite one. Because it was a lot of jewels dropped on that episode. And then it was a few other episodes as well. I mean, it's cool when they try to give their commentaries to current events and stuff like that. I can respect that. I respect the podcast. It's just not something that I would watch every single episode of. Me being a fellow podcaster myself, I just think Joe Budden podcast is overrated. But when Ish and Ice came on there, that's when I was like, oh shit, this is a way better fit. I would watch the Joe Budden podcast every day, damn near, if Ish and Ice was involved. I'm just saying. But Joe Budden has had a problem his whole entire career. This is also why he has never grown into a rap superstar because this dude refuses to honor anything. He has no honor. He's not real. This is the reason why Slaughterhouse, one of the best rap groups ever made, didn't reach their potential because of whole button. He ruined one of my favorite groups by trying to be David Ruffin because Rory and Mal, I mean, Mal mentioned this, right? He said when Crooked Eye came on the other podcast he had called Pull Up, they didn't, they had clips of it, but they never showed the whole entire thing. You want to know why? Because it made Joe Button look bad. That's why. Like, you know, I have let go the angst and the dislike that I had for Joe Button as a human being. Love Joe Button as a rapper, though. There's no denying that this man has skills on the mic. That's why I'm probably disappointed. Because he could have been a lot better in his career. And Slaughterhouse could have grown to be one of the greatest rap groups ever. Crooked Eye said it best. All we have to do to get out of this contract is do three albums. They did one. And Joe Button just fucked everything up and ripped the shit apart. And the other three guys had to stand pat because they didn't want to do the album without Joe. So they basically just disbanded. All because of him. 
we've watched this man on TV blow all of his motherfucking relationships with women. You know, he's been accused of abuse. He's been accused of sexual harassment, which I'm going to get to. Right? We I seen an episode of Couples Therapy. This nigga had this 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 lady shaking because of his toxic, insecure, beta male energy behavior. And it's just very disappointing. Because, you know, Joe has a likable personality, but that other side of Joe Budden, it definitely makes, it's definitely bipolar. I'm not dissing, I'm just telling the, the honest to God truth. And also, there's this show called, and, and see the thing is, with a group of ladies. Now, I have not watched one episode of this, but one of the ladies named Olivia Dope has come out and said that Joe Button was sexually harassing her on the actual podcast. And she marked down all the minutes and all that shit where Joe Button was basically shooting his shot, but being super creepy with it by saying that he wanted to fuck this girl. He didn't say... I want to go out on a date with you. He didn't say I wanted to sleep with you. No, I want to fuck. And then maybe the week after that show. And after she left and she called her lawyers and her dogs, you know, to get her off the show. This nigga Joe Button going to say, I can't hire any more bitches because I'm going to I'm going to try to fuck them. Wow. Is this your king? Is this your podcast king? Now it's one thing, you know what I'm saying, to flirt. But there's a way to do it, fam. This woman was stuttering, damn near about to cry like four or five times. You're a fucking pig, dog. A goddamn pig. Now I ain't gonna say that I was the perfect nigga or nothing like that. But I believe the lady because Joe Budden is a creepy motherfucker. And he's got a lot of mental issues. Like, I was having a conversation with a lady today about broken people. And some people take decades to fix. And Joe Budden happens to be one of those people. Alright, let's move into some quick hitter shit before I get up out of here because I'm 26 minutes. Trust the Sopranos, 38 Special, Benny the Butcher's Cruz. You know what I'm saying? It's on the way. I mean, I love to hear some new Benny verses. 38 Special is one of those underground rappers that doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I mean, obviously being the son of a legend like Cool G Rap, it definitely goes under the radar. But I'm ready to, to listen to that. I think that's supposed to come out um, May 21st. Young M.A. is also dropping a project on May 21st. Uh, like, I tried Young M.A.'s music. I just don't see the hype i know the girl can rap i know shorty about that business on the mic but her music i only like two songs i like ooh and she like i'm like but i'm gonna try the project out i'll give young ma one more chance and if this shit doesn't if i don't like this shit i just ain't fucking with it polo g is dropping his new project i think it's on the 28th of may uh, along with DMX, of course, we already know the dog is going to get most of the attention, but 
Polo G had a number one song this year that I never that I never heard until I saw it number one on Billboard. And this man has multiple platinum and gold albums and gold singles. And I ain't never heard damn one of these songs, nor have I heard of him. Even though the name does ring a bell. I know he's a Chicago rapper and he's halfway decent. But I'm going to see if he lives up to the hype on this project. I'll try this project as my first impression. Now, the Migos are set to release Culture 3 June 11th, allegedly. You always got to put allegedly on it. Because motherfuckers push their albums back all the time, B. Um, Straightening is the single off that project. I think that's a mid song. That shit mid. That shit nothing really exciting. It ain't nothing, nothing like the, the... I mean, it sound like everything else they put out. Hippity-dippity-boopity-boppity-boopity. Okay. Dirk and Lil Baby pushed their album back a week in honor of DMX. You know what I'm saying? To June 4th. The Voice in the Streets. I think that's the name of that shit, that project or whatever. I mean, I'm expecting nothing but high energy. And then last but not least, I want to talk about Don Tolliver and Travis Scott constantly pushing their albums back. I mean, Don's been teasing this album for God knows like how long, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. Then Travis been teasing that Utopia project for the longest. I mean, he got that single, you know, franchise. And that's going to be a year-old-ass song, you feel me, on that album. So, Travis and Don Tolliver need to hurry the fuck up. But other than that... I'm out of here, man. This is King No, man. Uncensored. She chose, nigga. And I'm out of here.